0: Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: Hello, everyone. It's your favourite podcast horse here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor in play betting. Watch the action, predict the action and make your best bet with the latest odds on over 1,000 daily events. 18 plus, be NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live, because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews.
1: Hello and welcome along to a special episode of the Turfcast podcast um, with the journalist that brought the news that James Tarkovsky will be staying at the club. The news that all the Burnley fans wanted to hear, of course, is Alex James from Lanks Live. How are you doing, Alex? Yeah, not so bad. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks, buddy. Um, now, I hope you don't mind me calling you the journalist that brought the James Tarkovsky news. I know sometimes a couple of journalists can work on the same story or it can filter down from another source. For example, well, the first place I saw it were you.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're all chasing the same story essentially, and we're everybody is involved at, at Burnley on a local level, and, and obviously at Leicester and, and West Ham as well, and and national wise, are all looking for for the same story. So there's there's plenty of us looking around. So there's there's a, we're all usually looking for an angle that um, that gives it a, a new a new nose, if you like.
1: Yeah, um, let's get into it then, because basically, um, I think you yourself and a lot of other journalists um, were. Pretty much well, Burnley fans, for example, I, I for one was resigned to losing him. Um the noises coming out of the club, the sort of like little hints that he was doing that he did the interview about how he was frustrated, how he wanted to play for England. James Tarkovsky doesn't do interviews. When when he did that interview for me, that was he's gone. It weren't necessarily a come and get me played, but it were like, right, well, I can't see him staying now if he's doing that. But then, like I said, most Burnley fans were resigned to, to losing him. The majority of journalists at a local level, so yourself Andy at um, the Athletic and obviously Chris at the Berlin Express all seem to sort of like be, not not saying that he's leaving, but there again there were the noises that were coming from you guys. Um, but then I think you yourself and a few others tweeted um, that he wanted to leave. Sorry, that open to leave. I got a bit of stick on Twitter for saying that yeah, he wanted to leave, but he was open to leave uh, to, 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 to go to Leicester. And then like two or three days later, I think you tweeted the news. Um, that it was staying at Burnley Football Club. So what happened? Like what 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 happened within them two, three days?
0: Yeah, I mean, the long and the short of it is um neither Leicester or West Ham were prepared to stump up the cash that, that Burnley wanted to to sort of entertain a move, really. Um I think we all know that West Ham had two bids in, both of which I think the highest one was was 24 and a half million. Um Leicester got to 30 million with add-ons. Um I think West Ham did get to sort of 30 million with a a load of add-ons from an initial 20 million. So that isn't anywhere near what Burnley were were looking for. The player's under contract for two more years. Um, They don't need to sell in the sense of they want to keep Tarkovsky at the club. I think Sean Dyche has been consistent in fairness to him throughout the window, saying that he doesn't want to lose him. And if he did lose him, it would be a decision taken at... um, board level so essentially neither Leicester nor West Ham were prepared to go to the sort of £35-40 40 million pound mark that might have been able to, to get a deal done with Burnley. Yeah so
1: it's <laughs> one sort of them if Leicester don't meet our evaluation, um, then obviously we're not going to sell. Uh, and I, th- I think Mike Garlick from Burnley fans gets a lot of stick. I think it's fair to say on this occasion, um, he deserves a lot of credit because he's held strong. He had his manager underneath him saying things to the press um, about Tarky, which he's then held up. Obviously, I think um, Dive said in an interview after the Southampton defeat, um, make no bones about it, I want him here, he's a fantastic player, we should keep him here. And then yeah, Garlic Garlick had a price. And, and nobody's met it, so he's not gone. And I always look at clubs like Palace and how they always manage to keep hold of Zaha, for example. And I always saying, I wish Burnley could do that. As soon as somebody's interested, we tend to lose one of our players. But I think on this occasion, it deserves a lot of credit because we, we've kept hold of our prize asset, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, nobody at Burnley wants to see Tarkovsky go at the best of times, let alone when you've got Ben Mee injured. Um, ben Gibson's obviously gone and that move didn't work out. And you're sort of relying on Jimmy Dunn and Bobby Thomas to to come into a Premier League squad when they're probably not ready. So from a timing point of view, from that perspective, it, it would make no sense to get rid of it. It would have to be an offer that was too good to turn down to, to coin a, a phrase and, and it didn't get there. So um, he stays a Burnley.
1: Yeah, um let me play devil's advocate a little bit. Obviously, the um the toe injury it, always, it still looks a bit suspicious to me, obviously. And you, you might know more and, and things like that. But obviously, I'm not gonna not gonna sit here and say that uh Tarki down tools. I, I know a lot of people go on about what happened at Brentford and stuff, but that's a totally different matter. Um, but it was Obviously, as soon as Leicester were interested and it were looking like it could be on the move, um, it wasn't playing. Then, as soon as, like you said, Leicester said, Oh, we're not going to meet that valuation, and West Ham were never really, in my opinion, are probably ever going to meet the valuation. Um, all of a sudden he's back in training and he's playing the game after. Now, I know a lot of people are involved in a transfer saga. There's obviously Burnley could have been saying, look, we want £45 million for you. You don't want to play. His agent could have been saying, look, we need to get that move through. Tarki could have said, I don't want to risk it. That's fair enough. Or he could have had some pressure uh, from Leicester. Is there anything you know about that and, uh, and the toe injury? Or, or, or the, the, other, the obvious other one was that it was a genuine toe injury. Yeah, I mean, I can only go on what but... I've heard from the club and other people
0: I've been speaking to, and there's nothing to suggest there was anything sinister with that with that toe problem. Um, in fairness, he, he's not played all season, which was before Leicester put their bid in. I know there was there was talk at West Ham and there was sort of speculation around him as well, but it's not like he just missed a game as soon as Leicester came in. Um, and then he he obviously has come back in. There's, there's still window still active uh, and if if he was sort of thinking down the lines which i don't think he is but if he was sort of thinking down the lines of i don't want to risk anything until deadline day just to see if anything materializes then he probably doesn't play on um on wednesday night if you're following that trail of thought so I, maybe i'm a bit maybe i'm a bit naive on it but i i believe that he was injured and that there's nothing sinister to to suggest otherwise and then sean dice has certainly been emphasising that point in um, in the chats we've had recently and having sort of, I wouldn't say a note, I but having spoken to him a few times, he he seems quite a genuine guy and he doesn't strike me as the sort of person who would just down tools and, and not put any effort in and I certainly didn't think he, he lacked for sort of effort or quality on, um, on Wednesday night against City either. He didn't look like a player who was going through the motions. You know, I think in the first minute he made a, a couple of cracking challenges to, to deny City and then help out the fullback. So from that point of view, he, he looks
1: committed to the course of the naked eye. We um, um, mentioned that, yeah. things that he said recently and stuff like that. Um, but obviously, like I said, after the Southampton game, he did have a, like a bit of a not not a whinge, but sort of like he, he put his point across and made sure that he wanted the board to know um, that he wanted to keep talking at the club. Um, and it was a Southampton game as well where he sort of like made a bit of a point with the substitutions. None of them were even warming up. They were all youngsters on the bench. It was obviously we're never going to make a change. Um, but do you think that... Um, what, what my point is, my question is, should I say, is do you think that the way that Dyche has handled this talking situation by constantly saying, look, I want to keep him here, do you reckon that that's probably put a bit of pressure on the board to perhaps do what they've done and and, refu- and, and put a big price tag on him and basically say to Leicester and West Ham, unless you, unless you pay big bucks, you're not having him? Yeah, possibly. I mean, uh, Dyche is always going to come out and, and say he wants to keep his best players at the club. You'd be It would be much
0: more of a story if he said, I don't really want him here anymore. So, I yeah. think um, from that point of view, Clumps have to, as we saw with Michael Keane and and to a certain extent with Andre Gray, they have to get to the figure that Burnley are sort of entertaining a deal. When you've got a player like saki who's got two years left, is such a key player in a position where Burnley are perhaps a little bit short, then it it doesn't make too much sense from a from a sort of playing squad point of view to to even entertain selling him. Um I guess the only thing is whether this is the time to potentially get the most you are going to get for James Tarkovsky, if you are to sell him, because he's got two years left. Yeah. Next yeah. season, you probably won't get clubs bidding what they did this time around, simply because he's going to enter the last year of his contract. So I think that's the only thing that you, you potentially weigh up as to why it might make sort of business sense, as, as Sean Dice would say, from a club point of view, to try and to try and sell him, just because he might be now at his, at his maximum value at an age of sort of 27, where if you were to cash in on him, then now might be the time to do it. But that obviously comes with the detriment of the squad. And if he plays a part in keeping Burnley up and they get another £150 million worth of TV money, then, you know, that's that's three James Tarkovskys, isn't it? So it's it's well worth doing it in that sense.
1: Well, that leads me nicely on to the next question then because obviously we're going to have to... He's, he's going to go eventually. I think I'm, I'm surprised even some bigger clubs aren't knocking on the door. No Man United are crying out for a defender. Um, I, I personally think he would he would suit them brilliantly, whether it's just for cover or not. He deserves that sort of club for me. Um, but obviously now, like I say, is could it be January when all this happens again? Hopefully not because that'll just completely disrupt the season. I hate the January transfer window for that. Um, or or next summer when we sell him at a cut price because he's only got a year left or or even leave for free the year after?
0: Yeah, who knows? I mean, we've seen situations like this in the past, not necessarily at Bernie but other clubs where there's been so much talk of a player leaving and then six months later he signed a new long-term contract. So, I think, again, I think it'll be a case of if anyone comes up with the money, essentially. Um, Looking at it now, currently, obviously, we haven't played many games this season, but don't see too many clubs coming forward and putting 35 million plus on the table to Burnley in January, unless, like you say, you get a sort of top six club who's perhaps struggling or or been hit by injuries who not panic by but almost feel like they have to get somebody in at that stage to to plug a hole. Um, personally, I think I think Taki now will be here all season, but that's just my personal opinion. And at the end of the day, money will talk. And if somebody does come up with Significant funds and a significant offer, then it it's one that we all know that Bernie would entertain if it if it reaches the that sort of level. But it hasn't so far. It's, uh, sure. it's, it's
1: it's obviously sure. the transfer window's still open at the minute, um, so a lot a lot could probably still happen. Um, people could probably say, I remember when when you tweeted the news, and obviously I sort of like said, "Oh, look at this." Alex says he's staying. A few of the responses were, "Oh, well, I believe it." Well, you know, when, when he's when he's officially stayed and stuff. So, but to be fair, it's I. I, I I get that point. It's, it's one of them. A lot can still happen, Yet yeah. Maybe, you know, uh, the, the, the one of the Leicester defenders, Justin, for example, uh, could get an injury. I know Man United are interested, but there's rumours of Man United being interested in in a, in a Leicester defender. So, I guess I I guess I guess never say never at the minute, but is there a slight chance that maybe Leicester could get an injury, for example, and just come in for him? Or have they just... Because they've signed Wesley for Fauna now, aren't they, from St Etienne? So, or is it a case of them just saying, nah, we are definitely done with that? yeah
0: i mean anything can happen you're right but we are into the final sort of knockings of the window now we've only got until monday um of course he's got this release fee of 50 million which um if man united came in and offered it then that would be an opening but there's not been any sort of murmurings at all from from a man united or a man city that that any of those clubs are going to come in um for him obviously never say never uh because plenty of things could happen but Every information I've been sort of given over the last week or so suggests that the clubs who were interested aren't likely to come back in and um, they aren't likely to sell unless they get a fee that they deem acceptable, which clubs aren't likely to to offer. So <laughs> I, I would be surprised now if he if he does move on um, to now
1: Obviously, the window is still open, as we said, and there's still a bit of rumours um, that Burnley could be bringing in a couple more players. Obviously, Harry Wilson at Liverpool is the one that seems to be all over the press. Uh, I know you. I know you. Cut for time, so uh, this will be my last one for you, so you can get to the press conference. Um But obviously, I've got to ask about Harry Wilson. It, it seems to be like we tabled a bid, but it's not enough. Liverpool wanted fifteen million, so we've offered twelve plus four in add-ons. But obviously, that's that's sixteen, so that should be more than enough. But they're still not accepting it. What's what's going on with that? Is is, is that even um, something that we're definitely looking at? Have we actually tabled a bid? What what what's going on with that one?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen the reports that you have that um, that a bid's gone in. For from what I've been gathered been able to gather so far i haven't been able to substantiate that but that doesn't mean that it hasn't happened um and he now seems to be sort of listed low. wilson seems to be linked with about six or seven clubs in the last 24 36 hours which which usually means that um either liverpool or the agent are are looking to try and create as much interest to get as big a price as possible for him um he's a player i think that would be great for Bailey. i think he's exactly what they need i think he can offer a bit of creativity he take the burden off Dwight McNeil a little bit, um, he's sort of prepared to shoot from distance, which we don't see too often with Burnley. And he's got a, a goal in him and he's, he's good from set pieces. So he's the sort of player that Burnley should be looking at and he's the sort of player that, that I'd love to see at Burnley. Um, I guess only time will tell whether Burnley or, or anyone else can get a deal done with, with Liverpool in the last sort of three days of the window.
1: Well, I think it's something that we, like you say, we well, we need to get done. It is a player that I, I, I agree with you. You'll compliment Dwight perfectly. Um, whether if it it's the burning mold or not, I think that's another matter. But as me and Simon discussed quite a lot on the podcast, maybe it's time we try and sort of like. Loosen the shackles a bit on these sort of players and maybe maybe like maybe not not ask them to do so much defensively. And and so then other players can come in rather than they're just always the same sort of player. But anyway, yeah, I, I, think, I, I,
0: think I think it's a, sorry, I was just gonna say I think it's a position, isn't it, that Burnley need to address that right midfield slot. Um I mean I'm a big fan of Johan and I think when he plays, he does bring quite a lot to the to the eleven. But he's had such terrible luck with injuries recently, likewise Robbie Brady, who obviously is more of a natural fit on the left. So that's the one position for me where you would need or barely need to act in the next either few days or a couple of weeks in the um, in the EFL window just to try and bring in some competition there. Because you can't keep asking Josh Brownell to play out wide when he's better suited in the middle. And you can't keep asking Eric Peters, as you know, committed a performer as he is, to go for right midfield every week.
1: Yeah, it's, that Josh Brown situation. Obviously, I won't talk tactics with you now because I know you need to get off. But I, t- I found it so frustrating when Sean Dash put him out on the on the right, and I know why he's done it to bring Dale Stevens into the middle. But Josh has done so well in the middle over the last few games. It just seemed criminal um, when Dash pushed him out wide. I think that was probably part of uh, of the um, flat performance. I think. I think. Yeah, I understand why
0: why Dash did it because he's got four midfielders playing in midfield there, as opposed to three mm-hmm. midfielders and a left back playing at right midfield, Um, but I'm with you. I think since Josh has come into the team, I've been, to be honest, I've been pleasantly surprised. I knew he was a good player, but the way he's sort of taken to Premier League football has has been superb. So I'd love to see him playing slightly more advanced in midfield and and perhaps offering a bit more going forward as well. But there is that vacant right midfield slot at the moment that somebody's got to fill unless we move to a a diamond or or 4-3-3, which... I guess it's possible but we'll we'll see if Sean says anything about that today.
1: Well, Alex, thank you for coming on Turfcast podcast. It's a special episode where we just chat to you because you were the journalist that brought the uh, the James Tarkovsky news. Um, I think this is your third appearance now. So if if I was soccer, am, for example, I'd give you a hat trick ball, but unfortunately, uh, the budget doesn't really stretch even to footballs at the minute. Uh, but thanks for coming on. Have a good day, and um, yeah, everyone, please follow Alex on uh, on Twitter. He tweets regular updates about the Clarets and he'll be tweeting updates today from the press conference, which I'll be watching. And if anything breaks from there, then I'll also be retweeting and stuff so thanks for listening thanks for coming Alex Alex. and um, we'll see you um, on Saturday for the watch along or a a brand new show we've got coming out on Saturday as well is the pre-game show where we chat to a Newcastle fan so thanks everybody and again thanks Alex
0: upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order that's quince.com slash upgrade this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans